Hey guys, and welcome back to another uh, movie review for the Tall Guys Pod. As you saw in the title, we're going to be reviewing 1917, a film that both Ross and I very much enjoyed. Uh, so much so, we had to see it twice. That's how you know it's good. Oh, yeah. Or really bad, but in this case, really good. <laughs> right. Um, this movie, if you're not aware of it, <clears throat> it's the the story of two brothers in World War One, and... Um, they're basically in these trenches trying to advance on the the German army and uh, unbeknownst to them the generals have said that the Germans have backed off they're they're moving away but there's also another company another battalion of soldiers that uh, one of the two guys brothers is in and their job is to go tell them that they're about to walk into a trap um, they think they have them on the run and really what they're doing is they've set a trap to make uh, them think that they're going to win uh, this battle. So they have to get there. And if they don't, it'll be a massacre. So that's the premise of this story. Yep. Um, Ross, what did you like most about this movie? I think what I enjoyed most about this movie, um, it's not the most action-packed war movie. Um, so if you're looking for things to be blowing up 24-7, this is not the movie for that. Which is, I think, what I liked about it. Because it really gives you the feel of being in the trenches, no pun intended, in World War I. Um, and just seeing kind of the effect that war has, not only on the people, but also on the landscape. That's what it was really interesting to me. Was there were some really beautiful shots and some really war-torn places um and it's just if you love cinematography this is the movie for you because this movie is beautifully shot in every sense there's not seeing it twice the second time i really appreciated it because i was just able to kind of sit back and enjoy it without having to really follow the story um it's just it's it's one of the most well-done movies i think i've seen in a long time. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I think for me, I don't normally notice cinematography, which is weird. Um, but this time around, I don't know if it was because it was unlike any movie I've ever seen, like shot-wise, but um, I really started to pay attention to the background and how it was shot and whatnot. And it really just it made the movie come alive to me. It made me a little bit more immersed that way. Um, I liked what you said, and I also liked how you know it wasn't super action-packed though there are some really good scenes what it really does a good job of is taking you into the story and really the cost of war um, in some aspects and um, it really does a good job of making the mundane um, kind of hard to take your eyes away from like they're just going along and there will be shots of them that I feel like most directors wouldn't feel like as is worthy enough to put into a movie, but those are almost my favorite scenes that they put in. Yeah. The scenes of them just walking along talking, mm -hmm. like talking about stuff that has happened in the trenches, um, just different like stories that they have. Um, yeah, that's, that was one of my favorite parts too, is just, they really, the directors really did a great job of making these characters feel human mm -hmm. and feeling like, Oh, these are just my old war buddies. Like that's what I felt like. Right. 
I agree. I think they did a really good job with that too. And they did a very, very good job with um, making you feel emotion in the story. Like whether it was you being tied to the characters or um, in a particular scene where you just didn't know what was going to happen. If, if something would happen at all, there were some times in the movie where I was sure something was going to happen. And so I was on the edge of my seat and then nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But there again, there were times where I was like, Oh, this is fine. They're just walking. And then something crazy happens. Yeah. So it did a good job of that. Um, I think they did a good job of, of casting as well, because it was kind of the opposite um, of what a typical movie would be like, where you have the really big, uh, the guys uh, where you know their names, you've seen them before in movies. Those aren't the main characters. Those are actually kind of the side characters, and they don't really get a whole lot of screen time. Whereas you have these two main characters who I have never seen before yeah. in a movie, and I, I actually liked that a little bit more. Um and it had this effect where I was like, it, it almost gave more weight to like those main characters that did play or those, those well-known characters that did play the side characters where they were like the generals or the commanders or whatnot, where I was like, okay, they really are a big deal. Um, and it made that dynamic a little bit more believable. Um, as far as the movie um, goes, I, I really, really liked it. Um, I really didn't see many negatives. Um, Ross and I saw this movie together on the first time and as we walked out, we were like, man, that's Saving Private Ryan caliber. Like, that's yeah. that's really, really good. And it is. I mean, we watched it twice. It wasn't just that first time watching it. We were like, oh, this is great. And then second time you go back and you're like, well, no, this might not have been so great. Um, however, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. And um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else kind of want to add to it i know i don't want to spoil anything exactly um no i think if you haven't seen this movie yet before we get into spoilers definitely go see it um it is worth your time obviously it's up for a ton of awards and i think it's going to win a ton of awards too at the oscars um this was just it's just it's one of those it feels like a timeless movie like this is one of those movies where I'll be sitting down watching TV in 35 years and I'll be scrolling through and see on TNT, I'll be like, oh, 1917. And I'll sit down and I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those movies. A very rewatchable movie. Yes. Which is always a good quality to have. Um, So I think it should win a lot of awards uh, as it is up for a lot. Um, That's not surprising to me at all. Um, yeah, I think it was phenomenal. And so, uh, yeah, definitely go see this movie. We're about to get into spoilers. So um, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, then you don't want to get it spoiled. I am giving you time right now to stop listening to this and maybe listen to one of our older episodes or something that you've missed because uh, you're about to get the entire movie spoiled for you. Um, so, yeah, you've had a lot of time, and I don't think that I can keep bantering any longer and coming up with words to say to keep you um, still from not understanding what's about to happen. So now we're getting into spoilers discussion. I feel like I've given you ample time. I did not expect that guy, the brother, to die first. No. <laughs> Save. <laughs> that was a shock. That was that was the part we're watching it the second time. I got emotional. Right. Because I was like, Dang, like they like, ah, uh. because <laughs> I mean, okay, it's just crazy to think 
Zach, we are 23-22. About to be 23. About to be 23, yeah. We are the same age as these guys were in World War One. I think that is what hit me the second time watching it. And yeah. being like, wait a minute. I this could have very well have been me mm-hmm. in nineteen seventeen. One hundred percent. Which is a scary thought um to have. And I think that's why like it just they did a really good job of these aren't your super soldiers. These aren't your your uh Rambo, your Bruce Willis, your Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, these guys these are just every men. Right. They're and not guys. even not even every men. They're kinda wimpy. Yeah. Um, low on the totem pole. And they get sent on this spy covert mission across enemy lines. Yeah. And you're like, they send these guys? Like, is there not is mm-hmm. is Sylvester Stallone on break? <laughs> like where where are they at? Right. Um, yeah, it just is such a cool dynamic in this movie. That is a cool dynamic. That's something I didn't really think of is that these guys are not your SWAT team guys or like they're, they're not really specifically good at anything. Like one of them's not a sniper. Like one of like they, they're kind of just everyday guys. And, um, yeah, it's easy to put yourself in that, in that position. and, And you see the cost of war, like I was saying earlier, um, it becomes very apparent because these guys like there's no rhyme or reason why they were chosen. Maybe, yeah. maybe because the brother was a part of the other battalion, but the other guy was just randomly was chosen. Just... Um, and you even see, like you were saying, like they're not Sylvester Stallone. They're not, um, you know, Bruce Willis. They're as they're heading out across this field. The first thing that happens is they're letting this, this, this one guy's holding the barbed wire and he is so nervous that he like lets it go and it slices his hand slices right into his hand and they're slipping. It's all muddy and they're slipping all over the place. And, uh, they're in this Fox. One of the guys dives into this foxhole and finds out that there's a dead body right next to him with an opening in his back. And the other guy comes in and hits him and moves him to where his hand that got cut open gets shoved into the dead body. And you're like, these guys are, these they're guys so are, they're nervous. They're not going to make it. Yeah, they're so nervous. And they're unprepared for this. And, uh, you know, they go into the trench, not not the trench scene, the um, the part where they cross the German lines and they're trying to make sure they're all gone. And that was the scariest part of the movie for me when they the tripwire. The tripwire went off rat. that stupid rat. I would have <laughs> killed that rat. I don't know what they were doing. You see the tripwire, like, shoot the rat. Shoot the rat. <laughs> oh, man. I... That part of the movie, like, that was like, <laughs> I would not have made it in war. That's how I knew that I would yeah. not have made it in war. Yeah. And all along, they make you think that this brother of the guy that's in the battalion is is, is the main character. And um, he's he's got really good qualities. I mean, he, even though he's obviously scared, he, he wants to go save his brother as anyone would. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy's kind of reluctantly going, like, maybe we should wait. Maybe we should take our time. And this guy's kind of just gung-ho. They come across this house and where I'm talking about the, the brother dies. And they're watching this dog fight. Um, and the guy gets the German guy gets shot down. Somehow the plane he- crashes into the place where they're staying. 
and he wants to save the pilot. <laughs> That's where I have a problem. Is like I wouldn't have saved the pilot. I would not have saved that pilot. But I guess it was just part of who he was. He was a better man than I would have been because I would have been 100%. double tap in the head. You know. I th- honestly, would you have pulled him from the plane that's burning? No, I don't. I don't think I would have. I think I would have. I think I would have ended him. I while think he was I would have plane. ended him. In I don't the think plane. I would have let him sit in there. I would have probably just ended it. Shot him. Just shot him. Yeah. I think I would have too. I don't know why. Why did they drag him from the plane? That's what I want to know. What do you gain from that? Is it just this feeling right. of like we're all human? So we have to save him, which, screw that, we're in war. Like, mm-hmm. you never, you, you don't know what this guy's going to do. Right. And you're not, like, high-ranking officials, so you're not really going to, or what, are you going to take him along on your right. journey? Where are they going to bring him? I mean, are they planning on coming across another battalion? battalion? I, I don't know what they're going to do with him after. That's the one issue I had on the second watch, where I was like, why did they do this? Why, why did, well, one of them, why did one of them do this? Yeah. And you're in war. It's so like, I get like, sometimes people just make stupid decisions whenever you're, it's your adrenaline's pumping and you know, who knows what we would have done in that situation. But I don't know that my first reaction would have been to pull an enemy fighter out that's, of a plane. That's my thing is, yeah. Like, did he just, maybe that was to show that that was his like downfall. That was, like, his, downfall? That was his like bad quality was that he was too trusting in people. Yeah, a little bit naive. A little bit naive. Kind of. That's rushed, almost the beauty of his character, though, into and how exactly. he's so young. He is naive. Yeah, and maybe that's the purpose of it, um, because that guy he's with is a little bit older, and he's the one that is hesitant and is like, he yeah. doesn't need water, but like he goes anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets stabbed. He gets stabbed, and then the, of course the other guy uh, kills him and shoots the German, and yeah. you're just like, oh, he's gonna make like it's not that bad. It's not that bad of a sta- it's a bad stab wound. Yeah, it is. Well, and you think about war movies and movies in general, where people get hurt and you're like, they they make miraculous recoveries. This wasn't a stab to the throat. This was, however, like in real life, if you get stabbed where he got stabbed, you're probably dying. You're probably going to die. Yeah. Um, so it did a really good job of that being realistic. And um, so you're kind of hoping maybe he survives somehow. But this is the beauty of the way this movie was shot. And if you don't know, this movie was shot for it to intended to be looked like it was one continuous shot for like two hours. So you don't really ever see it cut from one scene to another. And this is where this really, I think this, and then the beginning scene when they're in the trenches on their way, I think this is and the ending scene whenever he runs through the trenches, right? right. Those are the best parts of the movie, like cinematography wise, but you see the progression of him from when he initially gets stabbed to as he starts to die and he loses more and more blood and his face starts to turn. Mm-hmm. That was a beautifully shot scene. And, um, yeah, I, I, I loved that. Not that he died, but like, I loved the way that was shot yeah. and how they didn't shy away from the fact that a stab wound in world war one is pretty bad. You're probably gonna, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die. But then I mean, I guess this is just part of how the movie has to be shot because it is acted like it's one whole thing. Up comes a battalion in their trucks moments after he dies, or after he starts dragging him away from the rubble. Um, and then 
this is something you pointed out to me. I didn't know, so I'll let you explain it. When he meets the other battalion and he gets into the truck and he's like, "Take me, take me there," and he's in the he's in the truck with all those guys and they're just talking. Like, tell me what you told me. So this scene is really interesting because his friend had just died. Okay, and he gets into this truck, and it's just this kind of ragtag group of guys, and they're part of their battalions trying to move this tree out of the road. Um, so he kind of jumps in the back and it's just this, just this group of guys, this group of British soldiers, one Indian guy, which I love. That was cool to see. Yeah. Um, they're just talking, they're making fun of their, their commander and <laughs> they're just having a good time. They don't know what just happened. This other guy, the other guy that's on the adventure Schofield, he is just kind of staring off into space and the music drowns out their talking, which is really interesting because if you think about it, he just literally just watched his, his good friend die. And he is not paying attention at all to what they're talking about. He's not laughing with them or anything. They're not really talking to him. Like, that's how it would be. Like, you would just kind of be numb. You'd be drowning out all the other noise. Um, you probably wouldn't be able to focus on anything except what had just happened. And that is what his face shows. And I just think that's a really, it was a really powerful scene. I did too, especially on the second watch around because I was looking for it. And then that scene when they get stuck. And this is one of the mundane things that I was talking about where this movie, it highlights these things. They get stuck in the mud. They're, they're driving. They have to go off the road and they end up getting stuck. And he gets out and he's like leading the charge. Whereas like in the beginning of the movie, he was really reluctant to get going, but now he has a sense of urgency mm -hmm. and he's like, this is a way for him to get his anger out as he's trying to push this truck up out of the rud, out of the mm -hmm. mud. I mean, um, and rallying these guys around him to do it. And then nothing really eventful out of it happens. I mean, they get back on the road and they keep going. Yep. Um, and it's all one continuous shot. And I liked, there was another really scary scene for me. Not scary, just shocked me. They have to stop and he has to cross this bridge or whatnot. And, you know, it, it's a shortcut. And he, he has to pass over this water and the bridge is down. And as he's making his way down, a sniper starts shooting at him out of nowhere. Like completely just yeah. had no idea he was there. And they get into this really cool sniper shootout and they're just trading shots back and forth. And he ends up hitting him. Goes up the stairs because the sniper's in the building, opens the door, and the sniper's still alive, barely, but gets a shot off, and so does the other guy. So our, our protagonist kills him, but he also gets shot in the head. What I think is the head, there's been controversy on this, because I went and watched this with Kinsey, and she didn't know where he got shot. And I thought it was obvious where I... he got shot. Watching it the second time, because I thought the same thing the first time. I was like, oh, dang, he got shot in the head. Uh-huh. Watching it the second time, I think it misses. You think so? I think it grazed his helmet and knocked his helmet off. Okay. And that, like, stunned him, and that's why he fell backwards. Yeah. And smacked his head. Yeah. I I, I agree with you. I think that's what happened. Um, I have watched some movie reviews, though, where people are like, how did he get shot in the head and live? And I'm like... You idiots. He got hit he got in the helmet. Hit in the helmet. And then the... Because he, he, the reason he's bleeding is because he fell down the stairs. Yes. People think that he got shot in the head because he's bleeding. That is because he no. fell down the stairs. That's At why the, only I the back part it, yeah. of his head's bleeding. Yeah. 
That's why you and I think that. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any other way unless he just missed him and he scared him. Yeah. That but, would be the uh, Then again, he, he's not wearing he, his helmet. Yeah, he loses his helmet, which is why I think it, it, it hit the, the helmet. helmet and knocked the helmet off. Because you almost hear a ping. Yeah. Like it did hit metal. Yeah. I think that's what happened. I think people just... And that's why he stumbled backwards because, I mean, if you get shot... <laughs> right. <laughs> if you weren't near your head, you're probably falling backwards. Right, right. Scared the daylights out of you. Um... And this is the only cut in the movie. Yeah, this is the only that time is true. That, that is true. we see a time jump. That is true. Is when he gets knocked unconscious. Um, for you, I, I want to talk about what our favorite shot of the movie was. Um, because the part we're about to talk about is one of my favorites. I, I don't know that I've decided right now. When he's in the ruins, mm. and there's the, the flares. flares with this mixing with the shadows. Yes. And you've probably seen, if you haven't even seen the movie, you've seen the trailers. You probably know what I'm talking about. Like it's the shadowy scene with the mm-hmm. flare, like the lights. That might be my favorite scene. It's just such a good scene. It's pretty good. You have literally just everything. Like the flares are going up, the fire's burning everywhere. There's shots coming from right. Who knows where? No, yeah, I yeah. Which is the scary part because they're just shooting flares to light him up. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where they're getting shot from. Right. Um, yeah, that scene's just beautiful. Because you quickly realize that what looked like an abandoned city actually has some leftover Germans. Yeah. And it's pretty much, it's kind of occupied. I, yeah. Um. Oh, that was such a beautiful scene. And then he like walks upon this. Is it a church burning? Some kind yeah, of it looked big like a church. cathedral-looking building just burning. Oh, this scene was so good, Like too. a roaring fire. Yeah, not a church burning, but it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, holy crap. Like, this is what they did. They just came into cities and just started burning things. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what they did. And then he was, like, watching it, and you see this guy. This was so good. Standing by the fire, and you're like... That's a German dude. You better run. And he kind of takes he takes like more steps out, and you're like he's curious, kind of hoping, hoping it's not, hoping yeah. it's like maybe like a French resistance fighter, a Brit, I don't know something. Quickly you realize no, this is a German, and he runs after him, and just kind of starts like hip firing at him, which I'm like. If I'm the German, like aim down your sights, buddy. Come on. I know, right? Come <laughs> he was on, so man. close. Um, but you just have this heart pounding scene of this chase. Yeah. And he's like, the camera's in a good spot because he's Schofield's running towards you with the German behind him. Also running towards you shooting at you, the audience. Yeah. You're like, holy moly. How's he living? He ends (laughs) up sneaking away down into this like basement area. Yeah. Which I don't know how he got away. Yeah, how he didn't see him go down in there. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of just have to dismiss that, I guess, if you're the audience. That was just a... <laughs> yeah. That was one of those moments in the movie. Every movie has a moment like that where you're yeah. just like... It probably doesn't happen, but that's okay. Because you see him run by after he gets into yeah, the basement like, thing. not two seconds later, and you're like, you would have seen that. Yeah, you don't think he'd try to double back and maybe check his steps? Anyway. So, yeah, he's in the basement now, hiding... And um, there was this really random scene that 
earlier before that guy died, it was the two of them or he got the milk and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, um, cause there was like one cow left. The Germans had killed every single cow except one and it had been freshly milked or something. And so who we don't know, right? His can't, his, uh, little canteen was empty because he had rubble on his eyes from the explosion of the tripwire. And so he filled it with milk and he approaches on this like house thing in the basement and there's this uh, woman with a baby and they have this whole thing this is where i thought something was going to happen i was like sure of that that guy that he was chasing him was going to come back yep um but he ends up giving his rations to the mom and he has milk for the baby and um that was another crazy thing is like this girl this french girl who how old is she 17 Young, yeah. 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Probably no older than 18. Has this child. And you're like, oh, like, I don't know whose child this is. She doesn't right. even know whose child this is. Yeah, it's not hers. Like, she just found this kid. She didn't know the name, doesn't know, the, like, the mother, anything. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's just taking care of it. And she asks, like, he's so, once he finds out that there is a kid, he's so interested in helping like in doing whatever he possibly could. And it was interesting watching it the second time. Cause she asks him and he kind of understands German a little bit. She asks him if he has any kids as he's like trying to play with this baby, but he never answers her. He doesn't say yes or no. Yeah. He just keeps doing his own thing. And you don't find out until the end of the movie that he does have kids, kids. which is very interesting. Very interesting. That something And something that you don't know of, when that scene is happening. So you're like, why did, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you so interested in this kid? Right. Um, also another thing that I noticed the second time watching the movie is, did you notice how often he would pull out that little thing? The green had, box. The green box and look at it. He would just, all he would do would look at it. Yep. And then he would close it up and put it back in. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that, that did, until the second time. Same. Same. Yeah. And inside that green box is a picture of his family. Yep. Um, which is really cool. Really yeah, cool watching it the great, second time. A great little thing to find. Um, so as he escapes from the Germans again, um, he has to like fall down this waterfall. This is this is quite possibly one of my favorite scenes. Is that the chase <laughs> out of the building whenever it's six a.m. Oh yeah. And he like runs out. Doesn't have a gun. No, he's not. No. No gun this time. He's just running. Um, meets like two drunk Germans. Uh huh. Strangles the one guy. The other drunk German just kind of tackles because he's right. blackout drunk. Um, and then runs outside to Germans like screaming. Right. And shooting. And he like does a juke move, like goes to the <laughs> left. Yeah. Um, and you're like, there's no way he's getting out of this. And then just jumps into this river mm-hmm. that is pretty fast moving river yeah this scene gave me extreme anxiety oh yeah because i hate water as we keep going through this i keep thinking like man that seems really good too and that seems really uh, good too it's all, i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pick one um it was like if you've ever uh done rafting before yeah it was literally what it was but it was like one of the highest levels you'll probably ever do yeah um so he's like and he hits a rock too on his way down yep. and he's uh, exhausted. I mean, literally, you see it on his his body language and his face. He's yep. exhausted, and he, he falls down that waterfall. Yeah, 
ends up finding a branch to hold on to and he he falls asleep like he dozes yeah. off while he's holding on and he, it wakes him up because he's going underwater yeah this was a beautiful part of the movie too what happens after this because correct me if i'm wrong but were they not talking about those trees before oh so that's what it was i couldn't remember until just now as they, as the guy that is in the river and then the guy that died, mm-hmm. they're walking into the house yep. where the scene is that that guy is about to die. They find a bunch of trees where the Germans have cut them down. Like cherry trees. Cherry trees. And um, the guy that dies has all this information about cherry trees and says he has them at his, at his home where yeah. he's from. And as, as this guy is floating down the river, the cherry tree blossoms start falling into the river these white petals and it was really really cool yeah to see yeah um subtle things like that in movies that puts it over the top for me because it was like yeah it was like his friend was still there continuing the, the journey with him like it was just, just keep going just a little bit just longer keep going. you're almost there you're almost there and then he ends up kind of like this and a- then it turns bad and is that on purpose because he comes across dead bodies right after There's the cherry tree? Dead body after dead body after dead body. And sees like nasty water bodies that get they're bloated. Bloated and gray and their tongues are swollen. It's just disgusting. It is. And he literally has to climb out over them. Yeah. It's, to get out of bad. the water. It gets this is one of the most like repulsive scenes in the movie, in my opinion. It was oh yeah, it was hard. Because you're just you're just cringing watching it. It it's worse than him putting his hand through a guy's back. 100%. It was hard. It, it was disgusting. And they did a great job because he just, like, <laughs> absolutely breaks down after he gets on land. Like, and that's his breaking point. Like, that's, like, everything he's been through, like, that was the thing that broke him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, same, buddy. Like, yeah. I'm doing the same thing with you right now. Because those weren't the bodies of soldiers. Those were civilians. Yes. And that, that broke him. That was enough. He he had he had been through enough and was just he broke down. He couldn't take it anymore. But he gets up, starts walking, and hears soldiers or one soldier actually singing a song, an old hymn, beautiful song. And some people have criticized this point in the movie. And it makes me angry because this is one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie. This might be on my list as yeah, we get into it. Yeah. He walks on to this scene. You explain it. You explain it. So he has just come out of this water, um, which the song he's singing, first of all, is super symbolic of this scene because he literally comes out of the river and crossing Jordan. Yeah. To the, to the promised land of the Brits. I don't know why you <laughs> criticize just based on that. Just right. have some basic historical knowledge, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so he, like, has finally kind of, you hit the, like, he's hit where he was supposed to go. He doesn't right. realize that yet, but you do because you, like, remember what the, the dead friend said. Right. Like, you go through the trees or whatever, and you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just this one soldier just singing this hymn in the middle of this company that's about to go to the front line. Yeah. Um, and he just sits down and just... He's dripping wet. 
he can't really – I don't think he can coherently form a thought at this point. No. He just sits, and he's just heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just – it's just a beautiful like, they f- like pan over all the faces of the soldiers, and you're like, man, these soldiers don't have a chance. Right. They're all young. You, they they could have been the guys that were sent on this mission. I yeah. Mean, they, and he is so beaten down and worn out that all he can do is just take in the music and the song. Yeah. Like he, that's exactly what he needed was to just sit there and listen. And he, he needed that. The soldiers don't pay any attention to him nope. as he comes in, um, which I thought was odd at first, but then I started to appreciate it. And then the song ends. And um, this is what people have criticized as I've, I've, as I've listened to reviewers. They've said that because, because he chose to sit down and listen to that song, that that first wave, all those people died, that that was because of him. Which... I have a counter to, because if you remember, if he goes, if he does immediately go to the trenches, which how long did he sit there for? Like what? 30 seconds, 30, 45 seconds. I mean, yeah. He, if you remember, as he's trying to get to the commanders to tell him to stop, at some point he reaches a place where the guy's like, it's 300 yards away. Yeah. Do you think that man could have ran 300 more yards in that amount of time that he sat down and listened to that song. There's no way. No. There's no way. And if he did, it wouldn't have been out in front of the trenches like he did before because the reason he did that is because the whistles were already called. Yep. And he wouldn't have been able to get three through 300 yards of trenches in that amount of time. And for the point of the movie, it is a, it's a freaking movie. Like, enjoy the scene. Yeah. Don't... I mean... He first of all, he doesn't realize it. He doesn't even know where he's at. So he doesn't he know where he's even at. Know where to go. No, he doesn't realize that that's actually the company he's supposed to be helping. Right. Right. Because at the end of the song, he's like, "I've got to get to whatever the company's name is." I've got to get remember. to the Devons. The Devons. Yeah. And that guy was like, "We're the Devons." Right. And he's like, oh, "I got to get to right, Colonel Lindsay." Uh, I don't remember his name. But, and there's that too, where he's just so physically exhausted. I mean, I think he actually needed, on top of listening to the song, he needed to sit down and not move for yeah. a second. I, I think he probably would have collapsed if he had tried to keep going. Oh, yeah. No, he's he, he's not making it. Um, so, very resemblant of the beginning scene in the movie when they're on their way through the trenches trying to get to the commander. Uh, he is by himself, of course, and he's going through and trying to you know, get where he's supposed to go and tell the commander and ends up to a point where he realizes he this, has one or two options. Yeah. yeah. This is another great scene because you see two different captains here. You have <laughs> yeah. one captain who's like screaming and shouting at his men. Uh-huh. And they're like, get in line, get back in line. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's true, this guy. And he runs back and then he meets another captain who's just crying. Like, Literally sobbing. <laughs> yeah. Like this man has some serious like PTSD. Like you feel bad. Yeah. Because you're like this is like again this is war. Right. Like this guy literally he cannot. No. That captain could not. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, very different sides of of the captains and whatnot, which was good. I mean, again, it shows the true sides of war. I mean, what war can do to people. 
Um, and then just the iconic scene of him running. That was fantastic. On the battlefield. That's got to be up there. Yeah, that's the point where he makes a decision. He's like, either I keep going through the trenches or I've got to get out and start running. Yep. And that's what he does. He gets out and starts running. And I watched an interview with this guy. Um, I don't know if it was with Fallon or someone, but he got on and uh, they were talking about that scene where he's going across and they blow the whistles and all the soldiers are running one way and he's running like across. So he's like trying to weave and, and bob and weave. And there's all sorts of explosions going on. He said that he kind of described how this movie was shot. He was like, we shot it in eight or nine minute segments. And this was one of those segments. And uh, they rehearsed for six months. Like, they didn't even shoot footage. They rehearsed for six months. So when they got out there, they, they could actually, you know, do, do, do things competently. Mm-hmm. He actually messed up in this scene. He wasn't supposed to run into the soldiers because he trips two times. Yeah. That was on accident. He wasn't supposed to hit him. Wow. And so the director just left it in the movie. Because it looks so good. Right. It makes that scene. Like he, yeah. Like he, he runs into a guy, falls down, gets up, starts running again, and hits another guy and falls down. Yep. And that wasn't actually supposed to happen is what he said. Wow. It was a really cool nugget. But he makes it. He slides down and, and goes into, he tries to go into the, the uh, commander's room and they don't let him and finds a way to get in tells him to stop it's benedict cumberbatch <laughs> and you're like benedict where have you been this entire movie <laughs> exactly like how do they convince you to come in for like 30 I, seconds of this movie i love it it goes back to your point of like these high-ranking officials are like the big name actors right and like it makes perfect sense because you go in and you're like holy crap it's benedict cumberbatch like <laughs> This is a big name dude. Yeah, Colonel McKenzie. It brings even more weight into the into the what just happened because he is in. I mean, this is the this is the guy in charge of the attack. Like, yeah. had this actually been war, like, typically you're not supposed to do this. No, like, this is for you're really not supposed to go in there. And so that's how he kind of reacts. He's like, "What? What the heck are you, are doing, you doing here?" Um, and he tells him, and he gives him the letter, and they stop the attack. And then Benedict's not too happy about it. <laughs> He's pretty pissed off about it. Tells his poor soul to f off. Right. He's like, if it's not today, it'll be another day. Yep. Which, I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. I mean, He's got a good point. Yeah. So now comes the sad part of the movie. One of the other sad parts of the movie. He tries to find the brother. Technically, his mission is over, but mm-hmm. for him, it's not over. Like him, the soldier, his mission is over. Yep. But for him, the person, Schofield, is not. It's not over. It's he has one over. thing. He has one more thing to do, and he has to try and find the brother of the one who died. And he kept the dog tag and uh, a couple of his Serene. rings, and uh, pretty much is instructed to either go look at the medical tent at who was injured, uh, or he's not there because yep. he was part of the first wave. So he's either dead or he's injured. Yep. What actually happens as he looks through the medical tent is that he's not injured. He's not dead. He's conducting sort of traffic as it goes into the medical tent. And he recognizes him because he looks like his brother. Just a little bit older. Just a little bit older. <laughs> that was a good one. Ugh. Tells him his brother died um, and gives him the dog tag. And that's the sad part of the movie is he said he was with his brother 
and he was like, what was his name? I don't remember. Blake. Blake. Yeah. He was like, oh, where's he at? Or what's his name? Tom? Tom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom. He's like, Tom, where is he? Yeah. And then you're like, of course the audience uh, you're knows like, he's dead. Uh, he's not here. <laughs> um, really good, really heartfelt part of the movie. Really emotional. Um, and they don't hammer this too much. And I hate when, you know, they do this and then somehow uh, the guy who has to relay the message and then the family member of the one who died is like, they suddenly have a connection. Yeah. Because that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're strangers and they just met and this guy just found out his brother just died. He's not ready to have a friendship. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. So, of course, he sends him away. And that's just, that's, that's again, one of the good parts of the movie. Like, it's not sugarcoating that fact. So, now his mission is done. Both as a human, as a person, and as a soldier. And this is an interesting part of the movie, too. And I didn't catch it until the second time. If you remember the beginning of the movie, he's sitting down next to a tree with his back leaned up to a tree, sleeping, trying to avoid being chosen by the guy to go on this mission. And uh, he finds a tree and sits down, leans his back up against it, opens up the, uh, the green little container thing that has the picture of his family, and he closes it, and that's how the movie ends, as he's just looking out into this field. <sighs> So, that's why we love the movie so much. Uh, man, I guess I'll share my favorite part of the movie first. The favorite shot, I guess. Like, if I watched this shot the most times, I, would, I wouldn't get tired of it or I'd appreciate it the most. Mine has to be when he sits down with the, the guys singing. Where they're all listening to that one guy sing the hymn. And after the journey he's been on, after he has nothing left to give, after he's been broken, he sits down next to a tree and no one says anything to him. Everyone's so focused in on this song and what they're about to go do that they don't even care. And again, he's in the same camp. I don't even care. I just need to listen to this song. And just how it's shot with all their faces. That's my favorite part of this movie. That scene is goosebumps. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Oh, my favorite shot. I would say him running along the trench, but that seems a little cliche. <laughs> considering it's in the trailer. <laughs> so I'm going to go the scene of him running after he leaves the girl. And mm. he's just having to dodge all these German bullets. It's just this like classic scene of he's got nowhere else to go. And you're like, how in the world is he going to get out of this? And he just climbs over a wall and he does, there's no magical escape. He literally just jumps into the water. Like yeah. that's, that's real life. Like that's right. what anybody would do. Right. Like he doesn't know how deep it is. He doesn't really know where it's heading. He just knows that if I don't do this, I'm going to die. Right. And it just gives this great sense of urgency. Yeah, I love that scene too. I think that just speaks to how great this movie is. Is because really how much I like that scene that I was describing and how much that scene you were describing. I mean, the disparity between those two is not much. No. I, mean, I really, really do enjoy a lot of those scenes. Um, and there's still the scene with the flares. Like I know, just, ah. I know, I do love that. That made me in my seat go, wow, like 
Wow. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I think we kind of have the same thought, but if these two main actors, or at least the one main actor, you don't know that until kind of uh, a quarter of the way through the movie, if they're people we know, like well-known actors, like if it's Michael B. Jordan or if it's Matt Damon, does this movie have the same effect or do those characters have the same effect as they would if they were no people that we didn't really know? No. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's part of the magic of the movie is you just yeah. have these two like – literally if you would have put any other British actors, I could not have picked them out. For, I couldn't pick them out from a crowd. I couldn't either. If, just, you, if, I, if you saw these two guys walking down the street, I wouldn't know that like they were – Like if they're walking down the street in London, I'm just like oh, these two British guys just yeah. having a good time. Like I couldn't tell me who they were. That's part of their character too. Is that they're, they? We don't know who they are. Just kind of faces in the crowd. Exactly. And if we know who they are, we can't help as an audience but look at their past line of work and see what they've done. So, for instance, if they're an action star, you're kind of superimposing this thought of this guy is probably one of the better soldiers in the group, and that's why he's chosen. And that speaks to your point of these guys are not specialists at anything. And that's, that's a part that you don't necessarily like voice out loud in the movie, but subconsciously you're thinking that like you're thinking these guys are not prepared. They're young. This is probably definitely one of the guys first trips to war. The other guy has been to war before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was, man, whoever this director was, Oh, uh, Sam, Sam Mendez. Um, Man, I want to keep on the lookout for more of his stuff because he was phenomenal the way in the way he directed this movie. Um, at the end, it showed um, in honor of I don't remember who the guy's first name was, but it, it said Mendez after. So it's, it, I think it was his grandfather. Yeah, it probably was, and it makes me think like, man, was this a war story? Like, was this going around to like a lot of people? Yeah. Who, uh, and that was just really cool uh, to see. So, nevertheless, I hope this thing. This movie gets a lot of uh, Oscar nominations, or it is Oscar nominated. I hope it wins. Um, definitely should win Best uh, Cinematography. Um, it's a uh, yeah. it's a monumental step in the movie industry because that was that was phenomenally shot. Um, I don't really have anything else unless you do. Um, it's just you don't even have to be a fan of war movies. Like, that's what I love about this movie. Right. It's like, even if you don't like war movies, like, you're more than likely going to like this movie. Like, I went and saw it with Kinsey, and she didn't mind that it was, like, she's not yeah. particularly keen to go watch war movies. But this was, like you said, it's not necessarily like a, a true yeah. war movie. Yeah. In this, not a war movie in the sense that there's just nonstop action and explosions and yeah. gunfire and stuff. Um, it tells the story. This of has war. a great storyline. It is. It is. Okay. So um, that is it for our 1917 movie review. I know it's been out for a while, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I believe um, you need to see this in either IMAX or if you have a Dolby Cinema next to you. See in Dolby. Definitely yeah. need to see it in that type of environment because the sound is incredible as well. Also, Oscar nominated because of its soundtrack. Um, so, that is our uh, our recap of 1917. Thanks for listening. 
we have an episode coming out uh, tomorrow. Uh, it'll actually probably go live more around Sunday, but we're shooting it tomorrow. Um, you might catch it Saturday night. Um, but the tall guys and the tall guys ladies um, are going to be a part of it. And something never before done on this show where they're going to quiz us about The Bachelor. Um, and we are going to quiz them about sports. sports. And uh, upcoming sports or past sports, um, and see how they fare up. So, really cool. Something you're not going to going to want to miss. So, uh, Ross, closing remarks. Thank you so much for listening to another movie review by the Tall Guys Pod. Um, Zach Stevens. I'm Ross Blythe. Um, we thank you for listening. Please leave us a like or subscribe to us, um, and you can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, um, and wherever else you may listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. This has been Tall Guys Pod.